Hello and welcome to the Good Fight Podcast. Welcome to another episode. You are so welcome and it's great to have you with us. I don't think we said it officially, however, we have now, me and Andrew, have decided to release a Good Fight Podcast episode every two weeks now. Um, we've been thinking about it for a long time and thinking this was a good time and a good way to make it sustainable for the foreseeable future. And also, we just want to um, thank everyone for their um, continued prayer for the podcast. And um, we are so, and we just want to express our thanks mm-hmm. um, of how thankful we truly are for it. And just for you um, to keep praying for us. Of course, things like this, you know, difficulties can come and um, there can be opposition at times to these sorts of things. But we just pray that you will um, just pray for guidance for us as we go through James and where to go next and so many other avenues. But again, we just want to say um, a big thanks for um, all your prayers for it. It really has been appreciated and we just wanted to thank you. And I think I've said thank you enough. Um, <laughs> so now is the time where I actually ask you, um, Simon, what you've been up to then for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, as you scrape the burnt skin off your, <laughs> off your body, <laughs> it's really bad. Looks <laughs> like I've got leprosy. Um, yeah, so got really burnt physically, mm-hmm. and I should really know better. Um, so I was down south. I think we were recording last when I was down south, mm-hmm. and um, we were down in Killarney just for a week with the family. So that was great, and we were able to climb the highest mountain in Ireland, uh, Carrantoul. Uh, so we got to the top. It was a scorching day, and my like, arms were blistering after. Uh, but the view is incredible. So anyone, he, any one of our listeners who is keen to do Carantil, like, just let me know because I would love to do it again. Um, and if my parents, who are like 50s, can do it, like you can do it, no worries. Um, yeah, other than that, I have been swimming for a bit, which is one no, of my favourite no, things. No surprise there. Uh, also, yeah, I was surfing, so I'm like, it's not surfing because I'm rubbish, but like I had the surfboard and I was trying to be honest, basically. But I don't have a strap for it, so... Um, Basically, if there's a big wave, sometimes I have to let go of this. The board is quite scary. Um, so this was happening. I was surfing on surfing in inverted commas on Sunday morning um, last week and let go. And there's this double wave. The double, the second wave like plunked on me. The surfboard went high in the air, like three, four meters. And I was under the water this time. And like there was bodyboards everywhere. And so if that fell on me, like it's, it's so heavy. It's like eight foot eight. Like it's a huge beast. Like genuinely, would it's an interesting way to measure weight and fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, other than that, camped up Berna as well, very top of Berna with one of my friends, and it was very good. What about yourself, sir? You been busy? Uh, well, I am now, well, I wouldn't say officially back to work full time, but working more full time hours now um, than what I've used to, so definitely the, the busyness of, of life, so to speak, is definitely um, picking up again. Holidays over. Uh, yes, unfortunately, unfortunately. So, although I have got ones planned um, for mid-August time for a bit of exploring around Ireland and the rest of it and a few destinations, so I think that should be uh, great fun for doing that. I also turned a year older, so right. the grey hair is maybe not too far away. I can see big. two or three just from this angle right now. I thought oh, I got whoa. those this morning. Um, <laughs> so we're turning the, the grand old age of 23 now. Um, over the hill. And I popped around to Simon's as we were doing a bit of a prep for a podcast early on in the week and then he was just sitting there ready to embarrass me with a, a cake and everything just the thought came into my mind has he got people hiding in another room yeah. I was like I wanted the belt out of there so quick <laughs> like you wouldn't believe it but thankfully it was just him embarrassing me so I guess it wasn't so bad I was able to I was able to put up with it and, uh, enjoyed my singing uh yes I've thankfully didn't get a chance to record it but you never know if we'd be prepared for another year now, whether you have actually remembered as to what the challenge is, now maybe it's a bit difficult because it's every two weeks, 
as Simon does a bit of a warm-up here for the, um, the prep we're actually going to do it live for you for the first time, episode 16, we're going to do a live challenge. And would you still whack at me with your stretches? <laughs> so what the challenge was, was to see how many, we were just going to combine um, the counties from the north and ones from the south, so that makes a grand total of 32. And Simon's already getting his page lined up with 32 at the top, ready to round them <laughs> off. So the challenge is, for a minute, we're getting the stopwatch on the go to name as many of the 32 counties in the whole of Ireland that we can. Simon has his finger ready on the stopwatch, and we're under starter's orders. I'll hand it over to you. Three, two, one, go. go. I tell you what, I've never written so fast in my oh. life. Um, I feel like I want to talk to make this interesting for the podcast, yeah, but I also I want to concentrate and just wipe the floor with you. <laughs> it's not going to help. Oh, it's not going to Flying. Flying. See, the thing is, you need to actually keep a, a, a tr track on it. I know. Only been on. Oh, so what a wrong. joke! You did. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't my part of my challenge. <laughs> You're <laughs> not even my challenge. Um, okay, stop, stop, uh, stop. Pants down, pants down. Right. Stop, please. Oh, Mark. I don't know if you can make it out. Is the problem? Oh, uh, how did I forget that one? Adam. That's not. That's it. Clearly says that. Clearly says Antrim, and that's, that's the same as yours. Derry. Down. London Derry. Fermanagh. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that. Flagu, Armagh, Donegal, Longford. Is that your is that your spelling for leash? Yeah. That's, it, no, looks like so it looks like you've said lowest. You just put a girl's name down. Dublin, Kerry, Meath. It's Cork. It is an Cork. E. Here, look. I that pen was going <laughs> fast. There was fire coming out of the end of that. Roscommon, Westmeath, Dublin, Wicklow, Wexford. Sligo, Clare, Meath and Westmeath, a weak deadly combo there. No idea. It's Leash. No. But it's my spelling of so it. <laughs> right. you, really? You just, you just put Limick? Was that the, oh, the, the county? Of, oh, what? The county of Limick? That's fine. Right. That's so See, I'm being generous with my market and you're just like, no, I get it. Awfully, I actually don't think it's a country. No, it is. It is. Awfully nice. Awfully. What's this? I said Killarney, but I panicked. I panicked quite badly there. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Simon finished with a grand total of 19 out of 32 in a minute. If you could just read my total for that. 20. Yeah. <laughs> What? Come on! I didn't look at the watch. I know. Wonder if anyone actually managed to get the 32. Let us know if you actually go for the chance and you get the 32. Please do try. Or send in a video if you can to somehow. Yes, that would be very impressive. Yeah. So a challenge for two weeks' time. 
And maybe you don't want to do this with one of your friends. Um, maybe you have a friend who listens to the podcast too. Maybe you don't, but maybe you just have a friend, which would be amazing. But the challenge is that we are going to make the best Italian main course meal for each other. This is a lovely challenge because I love the baking challenge, Andrew. Uh, this is going to be even better, I yeah. guess. And I adore Italian food. You do? So it's yes. Perfect. Yeah. You were telling me about a wee Italian you had recently and you said it was lovely. Unbelievable. It was absolutely stunning. Very simple. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll just say Italian phrases, I think, while we're, while we're preparing it. Pronto, pronto, pronto. It should be part of the challenge. Um, yeah, grounds. So that is the challenge. And please join in and send us any photos of any Italian meals that you rustle up. Uh, but Andrew, it's over to you for the Samia Sun. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, now this is um, one that we have done before, um, but it looks like we're going to do it again because it's quite a um, it's quite a really challenging one, um, and it's going to be Sam Fifty One, and just some of the just I've just if well, while we just read God's word right now in this Sam, uh, we just pray that you will um, follow along with us, or maybe you're listening, or you're doing chores around the house, or whatever you're in, just. Sit back and just listen to the, the, these powerful words in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltlessness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bills will be offered on your altar. Well, this says about creating me a clean heart. It's always been a verse that's captivated me and it's a, it's a desire, I suppose, for for holiness, and, but also an acknowledgement that it's only God that can change us. Um, a desire to be came before God, and it's only through the, the sacrifice of Christ. So thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. Um, so, obviously last week, we are, two weeks ago, we looked at taming the tongue, we looked at the start of James chapter 3, and now we're going to move into the second and last part of James chapter 3. 
Um, and this is all about wisdom. Uh, you'll hear us saying that word probably 300 times in the next 20 minutes or so. But let's read together. So maybe you have got a Bible open. Maybe you're out for a walk. Maybe whatever you're doing. Um, but enjoy the reading of God's word. And we're going to read from James chapter 3, verses 13 all the way to 18. Um, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And just before we come to um, share some thoughts um, on God's word, let's just quickly pray together. Father, we just thank you for the privilege it is to come before your word once again. And Father, Lord, just James Howe speaks about the practicality and maturing in our Christian faith. Lord, we just pray as we look at this topic of wisdom, Father, that we will be ones who seek wisdom that is indeed from above, not seek wisdom that is from below, Father. Help us and search us out, Father, where we come to you with clean hands and a pure heart, God, and just for you to speak to us this day. And we just ask these things in your son's precious name. Amen. So verse 13, it simply states there and it goes, who is wise and understanding among you? I suppose if we were to ask that question to you now, who is wise and understanding among you and sort of wait for your response? And if the answer to that question was me, well, then the Bible itself, I suppose, says that's wrong. In fact, in Proverbs 3, it says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. James mentions wisdom and understanding. Yet surely the word knowledge has something to do with that. Like, why does he mention wisdom and understanding, but not also knowledge? Why doesn't he chat about all three? Well, to answer that question, I think it's important to define um, each of these different ones of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. At first glance, it can seem these three words are nearly interchangeable. They're the same thing. However, at a closer examination, we can see that they're very distinct and different. Knowledge, you could say, would be knowing all the facts and the figures and being able to maybe retain loads of information, like maybe, for example, so to speak, the, the quiz answers for children's quiz or something like that. Yeah. And then understanding, which obviously differs from knowledge in this way, it's like being able to extract the meaning out of the information that you know. For example, like to draw and interpret things from the passage in its context. And Job as well says that turning away from evil is understanding in the book of Job. Proverbs 18.2 says, and probably throughout all of this we will use a lot of Proverbs because it's all about wisdom, which makes a lot of sense. And it says, Proverbs 18.2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And I suppose a good thing to think about there is, is that us in conversations and just sharing all about us? Hmm. The final thing that we want to look at, and just as a sort of brief definition as we get cracking here, is what is wisdom? 
and that kind of stumped us for a wee bit as we prepared this podcast but we kind of looked at it and it's the use of understanding so you need understanding to have wisdom but it's the use of understanding in the right way so in the right circumstance at the right time an example of this would be sort of controlling when you share something um, from a passage for the church's good. So maybe you're asked to speak or something. It's controlling what you say and when you say it. Um, and doing it all not for your glory, but for Christ's. There's a great psalm as well in Psalm 111 that says, The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And in relation to wisdom... Um, it's amazing to say that man doesn't know its worth. It can't be bought, and this is a quote, it can't be, no, it's not a quote, it can't be bought, it can't be exchanged, and it can't be valued. Only God understands the way to it and knows its place. It's so valuable. It's definitely a very challenging part. I think it's one of the chapters in Job. And so often we can have all this knowledge coming out of our ears. I know like, for both of us personally, we have um, grown up and you would have been taught the Bible from new ways and you would yeah. know all the facts and figures and this story and that parable. You know, you sort of know it all. You know, to be like, oh, I know that story. Oh, next. Uh, I already know that. And of course, knowledge is so vital. It's the basic building block of understanding. Yet knowledge on its own only puffs up our ego so at times and makes us think we get the Christian life well we've nailed this we understand this now but we need God to give us wisdom and understanding for every day and every aspect of life so as an example I suppose to try and apply what we've looked at in terms of what knowledge is what understanding is what wisdom is it's kind of looking at what we you know looked at two weeks ago so and uh, for anyone who's been listening it as being by taming the tongue in the the first part of chapter three of James so within that, we kind of discussed the tongue and how we on our own can never tame the tongue. It's actually this restless evil. And we can kind of we did conclude that we therefore need to submit our tongue to God on a daily basis, sometimes even on an early basis. We need to give it to him and realize that he is the only one that can tame it. Um, and that can easily be sort of just relaying knowledge. Um, but do we truly do that? Do we actually apply that in our own lives? So from the outset of the, this past few verses, James is asking us to think about the wise among us. And how do we know that these people are wise? Yet he doesn't exactly leave us wondering how we know. He goes into speaking about that. So it says in sort of the second part of verse 13 that we've already read, and it says this, By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. If we claim to be wise, we, well, simply put it, aren't. We can see another believer is wise, not in what they say, but how they conduct themselves. There's that word again. We've looked at the word again, but meekness. And that kind of means, that does mean power under control. A wise person, therefore, knows when to speak, knows when not to speak. Doesn't just blather all of their knowledge out. We find this um, quote um, that Warren Wearsby um, talks about in the book uh, from James, and it's very helpful in there. Um, quotes in one of it saying, The world by its wisdom knew not God, and in its wisdom rejects the very gospel of God. It quotes then from 1 Corinthians and says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Any person filled with love for the wisdom of this world ought to read the first two chapters of 1 Corinthians and notice how much Paul had to say 
about God's wisdom and man's wisdom. Man's wisdom is foolishness to God. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.20. And God's wisdom is foolishness to man. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. Man's wisdom comes from, and this is really important to get, man's wisdom comes from reason, while God's wisdom comes from revelation. Man's worldly wisdom will come to nothing, while God's wisdom will endure forever. So James goes on then to challenge the believer without understanding or wisdom. And keep in mind, these people may well, of course, have all this plenty of knowledge. But then what do we do with them? So we'll read verses 14 to 16, where it talks about the wisdom from earth or the wisdom from below. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly and spiritual demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. We see if someone is using wisdom from below, and it's, it, it James simply says that if they have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, they're like the, the symptoms, so to speak, of a deep underlying condition that they have. Yeah, and this has really been a challenging read for us um, these couple of verses over the couple of weeks. Um, and personally, I can see both of them in, in my life, um, to be honest. Like, for example, last week just passed there, and we had the amazing privilege of being able to do, it was previously a virtual kids camp, but actually we were able to do it in a lot of it, a lot of it in Orma Park, which is class. Um, so good to spend so much time with the leaders because we recorded a lot of the, the material during the day. And so you're spending loads of time with the leaders, having the crack. Um and previously, you wouldn't have had it on being able to do that because you're with the kids 24-7 and you're having the crack and enjoying yourselves. But it came up in my mind, like the ugly thoughts at times, you know, I'm not getting enough attention here. And those ugly thoughts sort of poked their kind of malignant head. So both jealousy and selfish ambition were present there. And uh, James is so obvious here. Um, um, but Simon, what you were talking about in this case, um, the, the, uh, being frank with us, it was like using the wisdom from below, and that those thoughts are actually flashy and, and demonically inspired. It was. It, it took me a bit of time, um, really, for God to sort of show anything with this for me. I was sort of like we were like going throughout the week, and Simon kept saying, "Right, think of a goody, think of an example, good to think of an example." And I was just my mind was blank. I was literally getting nothing, and it was only literally um, today that we were recording this and on Sunday. And that it sort of came to me. How at times I can be so um, selfish with my time. Like I would come home from work, be very exhausted, and I would be like, right, I've got so many things to do. I've got to start trying to do some prep for the podcast. I've got to maybe look at stuff for maybe other Bible studies and things I've got to do. And would often sort of neglect family time and things like that, um, which of course is so important. I mean, it's not literally, I'm not starting my own family, of course, but in terms of the family that I've got at the minute. And so often I would just be like, oh no, I've camped my time here. I've got to sort this and I've got to get this sorted out. And it sort of was quite, even just today, it sort of hit home, realize how um, selfish I can be um, with my time. So just even for anyone listening here, um, just take a moment to kind of search your heart, maybe pause the podcast if, you, if you'd like um, and see what kind of condition your heart's in. Um, because we know that all too often our hearts can be in a fall condition. We'll just ask a few questions. Are you bitter with jealousy over something or someone in your life? 
often it's good to ask ourselves, is there selfish ambition there? Do you, do you think more about yourself and what you need in the day than actually trying to meet the need of others around you? If we're honest, it's clear that we so often use the wisdom of this world. And we can see that by actually checking our hearts. It's kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself. So um, even practically, as we go about our day, it's so good. There is these natural breaks. And we were talking about this, Andrea, and it's kind of random. We were talking about like any times in our day that you have a natural break. Maybe you're on your own for a short time. And it's good to see where is my heart? Is there this jealousy? Is there this selfish ambition in my heart? And then maybe that'll be a time for us to like cling to God in those moments and to, and to repent maybe from those attitudes. So even when you're going to the toilet, I was like, when you're doing a poo, you have a wee bit of time under in your day, or if you're driving home from work or uni, uh, or maybe if you're just making dinner or something, um, in those times, maybe a really good time practically to check your heart. The last bit of um, verse 14 says, uh, it tells us, do not boast and be false to the truth. And it sort of, as soon as that comes to mind, it almost makes you think of the Pharisees in Jesus' time. These men, you could say, knew the Bible inside out. They had all the knowledge they could think of. They would have been taught the Torah from a young age. Yet somehow in all that knowledge that they had accrued over time, yet they lacked understanding and wisdom. Yeah, and yet they would have known and boasted in the fact that they would have actually known this prophecy. And we'll just pick one of them. There's many of them. Found in Isaiah 35, 5-6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. Yet they were false to the truth. Like these were people, these Pharisees would have been taught so much in the scriptures, yet they saw someone who was healing the blind, healing the deaf, and the lame, and he was even... It was talked about in, in John 11 where he raised Lazarus from the dead. And yet somehow they're just, oh, like, no, that can't be from God. They just thought and came to the assumption, all this knowledge that they had, and they came to the conclusion that he was some blasphemous carpenter from Nazareth. We looked at last week that people's words um, tell us the state of their heart. But even just listen to this verse and find also in John 11, um, it sort of oozes with bitter jealousy and selfishness. It says, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. I suppose verse 15 just accurately sums up what their hearts were like at the time. It just says in our James passage, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. But instead, this is what it is. But it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. This verse is so, so serious. And it tells us actually the source of the wisdom that we're using when selfishness and jealousy are present in our hearts. So you could say, so it says earthly, unspiritual and demonic. And I suppose earthly can make you think of the world. Unspiritual can make you think of the opposite of spirit. So that's the flesh. And then there's demonic finally, and the, 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 I suppose you could say the demon influence under instruction of the devil. And so we shouldn't linger at any point as Christians, as New Covenant believers, we shouldn't linger with the wisdom from below. We should be shocked when we sense jealousy and selfishness in our own hearts. 
we can never let that become a norm and so often and personally it does to be honest in those moments if and to be honest when we do find those creeping in we need to stop what we're doing run to god just as we are and confess the state of our heart and acknowledge our absolute need of his wisdom from above Verse 16 then goes on to describe this a little bit more. It says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, and of course we see the root of that is in the heart, it says clearly here, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So it's really good to actually look, and maybe if you have your Bible, I'd actually to look at verse 16 and verse 18 and how they actually compare. So verse 16 is the consequences of having earthly wisdom. And verse 18 is the consequences of having that uh, wisdom from above, that godly wisdom. Um, and they compare it really, really well. It also says that it leads to disorder, not harmony and peace. And truly, if this isn't the case, this will, this wisdom, if we are getting it from below, this will affect every relationship and interaction that we have with people, whether that's in, in marriage, whether that's in the family, in the church, and the wider society as a whole. And the next bit, it continues, and every vile practice. And we kind of looked up this word vile, like what does it mean elsewhere in the Bible? It's translated as wicked things, as evil, as bad throughout the New Testament. So every vile practice, and this is opposed to righteousness, one of the consequences of the wisdom from above. They couldn't be more opposing if we tried. And also it shows the importance of people in leadership roles as well, to stay away from wisdom that is from below and truly seek wisdom that comes from above. Whether that, of course, is with elders in the church setting or um, husbands in the home, whether that is with the family or indeed in marriage, that they especially need to be seeking God for wisdom, especially in those areas. So let's compare um, the wisdom from below that we just kind of chatted about and to the wisdom from above and why it's so, so much better. Verse 17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. At first glance, the outworkings of this wisdom from above are, of course, greater in number. There's so many more of them, but also in contrast to the bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. These proofs are much more like the teachings of Christ that we see in the Sermon of the Mount, but also very similar to the fruits of the Spirit that were taught about by Paul in um, the book to the, uh, the church in Galatia. These are the examples of wisdom that should be evident in the Christian life, and we can examine our own lives to see if they're present. And as we have a brief look at each of them um, individually here, maybe it would be good for all of us um, to search out if these are evident examples in our own lives. And Proverbs says there in Proverbs 3, there's a very um, interesting few verses from 13 to 15, reminds us of the value of true wisdom. And it simply says this, blessed is the one who finds wisdom, almost starts off as a beatitude almost, and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Almost reminds us that we were chatting a bit earlier, about 10 minutes ago from that passage from Job, the riches there is in wisdom. Yeah, and there where it talks about she, it's probably quite confusing, but it's like the woman of wisdom that's talked about in Proverbs. 
um, but we can find wisdom, I suppose, in its um, fullness in Jesus Christ. So the order here that um, James sort of mentions them in is, is important, and we can see that strong, he draws, draws that to our attention where it says um, in verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure. And so we're just going to go quickly through each one of these. There's like seven of them, and we're going to go, and it's, it's no coincidence really, and we're going to go through them. The first one is pure. And pure is meaning obviously undefiled. It's not wisdom that's you know partially defiled by the by the wisdom of the world. It's completely from God. Again, one of the beatitudes in, in Matthew five and eight said, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." And what a call that truly is to see God. Um, in your prayer at the start, Andrew, you mentioned the words of uh, Psalm twenty four that we've been thinking about lots over the last few days. Just um, ourselves. Um, and it says in verse 4, he, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false. So state of the heart with earthly wisdom was stinking. We looked at that. Yet with God's wisdom from above, the heart is pure. And oh, we should seek that so much. The next one is peaceable. We know it's one of the um, fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. And as well, in, in Matthew 5 and 9, again, in one of the Beatitudes, it said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus, um, so that the, ones who the ones who desired unity and peace uh, amongst his people, he wanted them to be like family. He says they're like children of God in that Beatitude. And what a calling it is. He wants us to pursue these things, this peaceableness. The third one is gentle, of course, is another um, fruit of the Spirit from Galatians. And someone said, once said that gentleness is forbearing under um, provocation or provocation. I'm not too sure. I think that was where your word you would put down there. What are you, what are you, what are you trying to say in that sort of statement there? Um, so, yeah, so someone who is, who is gentleness, they are forbearing under provocation. So, um, basically, in regard to reacting to a situation, Andrew, um, Maybe so imagine a situation where you're being provoked. Maybe I'm winding you up. Um, but it's it's reacting to that situation mildly. It's not sort of flipping the lid. There's actually a verse um, that helps in, in 1 Peter 3.15 that tells us to give a defense for the hope that is in us and to do it with gentleness. So it's not being um, too overbearing and headstrong in this thing. That challenges me. Um, maybe you haven't noticed, Andrew, but I'm quite headstrong at times. And... Definitely desiring gentleness is maybe something that is that is something definitely lacking in my life. Um, the next one is to be open to reason. Um, to not have the attitude of thinking, look, we know everything and everyone else's opinion is actually inferior to us, ill-informed and wrong. And not to be like, oh, I know everything about this passage. I'm not even going to listen to someone teaching me about this. They're all wrong. Um, it's not having that teachable attitude. Or I've tried that method of outreach before. That doesn't work. Or they can't tell me anything about street evangelism I know at all. Those kind of thoughts and feelings are exactly what it isn't to mean open to reason. The next one is um, full of mercy and, and good fruits. Again, another beatitude in Matthew 5 and 7 that said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I sort of, maybe it's just me when I'm looking at that sort of passage or that little statement there. This is full of mercy and good fruits. I almost view it as if 
you have um, a glass of water, so to speak, and it's just full. It's like right to the top. It's almost about to um, overflow. And so often if we realize and get this wisdom from above and realize how much mercy was shown to us, and if we truly grasp that and even just get an understanding of the mercy that is shown to us, then we will be so much more merciful to other people around us. And we will want to show the good fruits as an, as an outworking of our, our salvation. I know that was true that we chatted about it maybe a month ago or so, to show that that is evident and that this wisdom that comes from above is full, absolutely full of mercy and good fruits. The penultimate one uh, that James mentions is to be impartial. And that reminds us of our conversation, our episode in James 2. Um, so we should prefer people to another. And the source of which is self-focused. You know, what can I gain from this person? I'll treat them really good because they can give me something. That is all about selfish ambition. And the final one um, that James talks about is sincere or sincerity. There's a really interesting verse in um, 2 Corinthians 2.17 that says, you see, we are not like the many hucksters, which is for, put it in modern times, people who would sell door to door and that sort of thing, who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. So the insincere person, it doesn't... They only do good basically for selfish gain, is what this verse is saying. Yet the sincere believer is doing good out of a fear of God because they know God is watching their every move and their every act of service. And probably the thing um, I seek um, the most in my life, and I think we both of us could probably um, make that statement because so often we can um, lack sincerity um, in those sorts of things. And insincerity in a way is where there is a disconnect between what you think and what you say. So maybe you can sound lovely and put out this great image out there, maybe try and fake it, yet that's not what our heart's like. However, the mature Christian believes God's word and his whole body follows that belief because he truly believes it in his heart. It's a good chat. Verse 18 says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace, by those who make peace. This is our final verse to look at in this section of James. And as we said already, we're going to compare this to verse 16. And again, but, uh, so verse 16 was looking at the consequences of earthly wisdom. It led to disorder and every valve practice. But this verse tells us that there's going to be a plenty of righteousness or a harvest of righteousness when we sow the seeds of peace. It's completely opposite. Psalm 34, which of course is a... Um, Quite a famous one as well. Shane and Shane do a good job of, um, of singing that one as well. Um, and it encourages us to seek peace and to actively pursue it. And this is the, the outworking of it that comes as a result of it, is righteousness. The fruit of living with this wisdom is not wickedness and destruction, but something that builds up, something that unifies people. Our final and most important point, to be honest, is from 1 Corinthians one twenty four. I'll read it out. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's saying that Christ is the wisdom of God. Therefore, we should join John the Baptist, as he says, he, Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. 
And we just want to leave you um, before we close with these verses from Ephesians 5, a couple of verses. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. We just want to thank you guys so much again for joining the episode 16 of the Good Fight Podcast. Please feel free to share with friends and family or let us know how you're getting on with challenges and hope see if anyone can get that magical 32 number of getting all the counties and just to remind I won that challenge. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for joining in. And we just have to pray and hope you have such a good week. And we cannot wait to chat to you again in two weeks' time where we move on to James 4, where he goes on to speak about the warning against. We want you to stay safe and make all this.